COVID-19, Delta, Omicron, BQ 1.1, R2D2, glorified cold, whatever you want to call it, it's clear the left isn't going to let it go. Dr. Fauci, whom I thought was finally leaving his post and us the hell alone, is now sounding the alarm about a new subvariant that, just like the last five, is supposedly pretty troublesome. Oh, and science, a.k.a. Big Pharma, is already hot on the trail like a mangy dog with a bone to warn you this new subvariant is immune-evasive. So you know what that means. The vaccine gluttons are already wetting their pants in excitement for what is now Booster 8? Well, I've got some questions on this new variant, the vaccine that we know and that they knew doesn't prevent infection or spread, and a whole lot more. The COVID show starts now. So we're all allowed to talk about COVID and vaccines so long as we say COVID is apocalyptic and vaccines are the saving grace. But anything outside of that box is labeled a conspiracy theory. And it's pretty easy to pass off regular folks as conspiracy theorists or anti-vaxxers to shut us up. But it's not so easy to do to my next guest. Returning to the show to give us the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. That's sure to send the big tech algorithms into overdrive is healthcare expert at Johns Hopkins University, who also served in leadership at the World Health Organization. Returning and much to my anticipation, Dr. McCary. Great to be with you, Tommy. Oh, the last episode, big tech did not like. Oh, boy, did they not like it. You were speaking truth. Instagram didn't like it. Facebook didn't like it. They flagged us. They censored us. You're used to it at this point. But I have so many more questions, so I'm so glad you're back. (laughs) I want to start with the CDC vote, and I want to start with possibly adding the COVID vaccine into the the series of shots for young people Mm -hmm. and what your take is on that, because I think it's so important. And a lot of people who are paying attention are paying attention to that. So the CDC is already pushing hard the COVID vaccine for little kids and the new Omicron specific vaccine. That's we have no human trial that data that's available in the public domain. Now, the White House says, we've seen it, and trust us, it looks good, but why is it top secret? What what are they hiding? So they've already pushed this hard. The question is now, is it going to be a part of this reimbursement program? It's something called the Vaccines for Children program. When kids can't afford vaccines, this program kicks in. The next step would be, and something that we thought they are discussing, is the idea of putting it in the routine schedule that schools then adopt to say you have to have these in order to go to school. They didn't go quite that far. I mean, we spooked them for sure. We said, hey, if you're gonna do this, the public's not on board, and they put out this clarification. We're not going that far. Well, the problem is schools are just gonna simply adopt whatever they're pushing, even if it's not in the official schedule. Let's see some human data. I mean, parents have a right to ask that question. Thousands of kids will get myocarditis from the vaccine, thousands. And we know from the Israeli study, U.S. doesn't fund this kind of research, one out of 283 of those myocarditis cases died in the ICU. So we are potentially putting out a lot of avoidable harm, and nobody is allowed to say anything. It's like McCarthyism. I mean, it's like the Salem witch trials. You're an anti-vaxxer. Maybe some vaccines are good, and maybe some vaccines don't have a clinical benefit in healthy children. And that's all we're saying. Let's see the data. Yeah, and I think that's the important point of all of this. Let's see the data. And also, let's not forget, children are at such a low risk. So why would you take a healthy kid and give them a vaccine that could give them a side effect? We don't know what those side effects could be yet. We don't have the studies. We don't have the long-term data. Never mind the studies. We don't have long-term data. We couldn't have it because it's so new. To put that in there, I think is criminal. I think you're going to see a huge backlash 
with parents standing up on both sides of the political aisle, and I hope that that's the case. Well, that, you know, that's one of my concerns is they have an appropriate backlash against not enough data on the COVID vaccine, Omicron, bivalent in children. We don't have, we've got nothing. We're flying blind, okay? And it's different from the flu vaccine. That's mm -hmm. a protein coat vaccine. It's been around. It's established. It's a different mechanism. This is an mRNA vaccine where we have myocarditis that's understudied and not properly investigated. My concern is that parents are going to then backlash against MMR and the polio vaccine and the mm -hmm. life-saving vaccines that have been well-studied and every kid should get. And we're going to see an undoing of 50 years of public trust being built by the CDC for these other vaccines. That is the tragedy, this politicalization. You're right. Because when people call me an anti-vaxxer, I'm like, hey, listen, I got my measles, mumps, my rubella. Yeah. I'm all good with those. They've been time-tested and true, right? I'm not okay with an experimental COVID vaccine. I've been very vocal about that, much to the, the dismay of big tech that's been censoring me for weeks now in, in various ways. Ask one of those people, how many healthy young people have died? How many healthy children have died of COVID? No one can tell you because right. the data is aggregated. Super sick kids, immunosuppressed kids, leukemia kids, all of them are put together in the same risk bracket. It's a different risk profile. Now they're talking about a new variant. And they're saying this one is it bypasses immunity. This is going to be the worst one yet. I keep seeing it. All, all the liberal outlets are putting it out, just trying to stoke that fear again. I don't know if it's B12QR at this point. I don't even know what it is. Some letter of the alphabet is that's what it is. I just call it BS. But should we really be worried about this next new variant that's going to wipe us all out, doctor? Look, I think we should be as worried as we are when a flu season is about to come upon us. There are 20 seasonal viruses. And they circulate in a viral season every year. And they have almost no impact on young, healthy people. For people with special conditions, they need to be extra careful. If you're sick, don't show up at work and slobber on other people. That's something hopefully yeah. we've learned, right? Don't show up. If you're going to do it, if, if you have to go to the pharmacy to get your drug for being sick and you're hacking up a cough, wear a high-quality N95 mask out of courtesy. One-way masking works. We don't have to shut down the airlines and put everybody in masks. Right. No, you know, we didn't see people dropping dead when they removed the mask guidance for airlines, right? Fauci is traveling without a mask right now. So what we're going to see in the winter is probably a typical viral season. Who knows what's going to happen with COVID? But population immunity is cumulative. That is, the more you get exposed to, the more the memory B cells and T cells see these insults to your immune system, the more you have some sort of um, global immunity that is supposed to weaken the effect of future variants. There's an unknown there, and we, we have to be humble with COVID. We don't know what's coming down. The, but this idea of scaring people when you've got cases that are falsely being attributed to COVID when they're from other reasons, you know, people often cite when they say we have to be under martial law still. Two and a half years right. in, we still, 400 people are dying a day. Well, where are those people? Because I just talked to one of the ICU leaders and one of the largest academic medical centers in the country. And I said, I don't understand where these 400 deaths a day are coming from. How many people have died of COVID? And he says, we had one a couple months ago. Yeah. The, the numbers are not being distinguished as dying for COVID versus an incidental COVID. Speaking of variants, you know, there's been some discussion as well that's very troubling and concerning to me that they're gain-of-function research. Yeah. That they're making 
a new, and they're saying that this one's deadlier than all. And look, we created it in a lab. Yeah, yeah. Like, is is this really happening? And if so, should we be concerned? Because you know they censored that story at first when COVID <laughs> COVID was first a thing. Oh, it wasn't. It was from bats. There's no such thing as the gain of function research. This couldn't have happened. And now they're sitting there like, yeah, we made it. <laughs> I don't understand why Dr. Fauci and Dr. Collins, former head of the NIH. Just don't come out and call for an all-out ban on gain of function. Why are we Frankensteining viruses to make them worse in a lab? I mean, just because you can do it doesn't mean you should be doing it. And here's an opportunity if he wants to shine. And look, I believe in forgiveness. My faith teaches me to forgive. I don't know about the school closure issue, but everything else. Why not just come out and call for an all-out ban on gain of function research? Mm -hmm. I mean, we are at that point. There's no purpose. So here's... These guys are not complete idiots. Let me tell you why they think this way. They're dinosaurs. And in the old days, you would have to create a more dangerous virus to get ahead of what happens in nature in order to come up with the antidote or the vaccine. Now you can sequence a new virus in nature in 20 minutes in a modern day PCR machine. These dinosaur scientists are still living in the old days of doing a Western blot to get mm -hmm. every GCT combo. They are living in a different world. I mean, when we have all of our public health people are, you know, these dinosaurs, they're, of course, going to be still giving merit to dinosaur type strategies like we got a Frankenstein of virus in order to develop a vaccine for it before it comes into nature. No. The risk of doing that is greater than the benefit of any potential vaccine that sits on the shelf ahead of a mutation in the general population. You're very kind because you call them dinosaurs. I call them criminals. And I think, wow, why don't we just mastermind a new a new variant or a new deadly virus right before the 2024 election? <laughs> that's where my mind goes. But that's just me being a conspiracy theorist, you know. I'm going to go ahead and say it because that was my initial thought when I heard it. I was but. entertained by the I never called for school closure comment by <laughs> yeah. Dr. Fitch. Did you see that? Yeah. I mean, I went down just quickly because I keep notes on what he says because everybody asks me to interpret. Right. You know, he always oh, said the fall could be dark. What does he mean? Like he's some, you know, the Oracle of Delphi and I have to interpret what he says. So I keep notes on what he says. March 2020. He says, mitigation is important. Closing schools is one of those mitigations. de Blasio says he closed schools and Fauci gave him his blessing after he met with him. When Florida opened their schools, Fauci was very critical. Um, he says it's not pro prudent to open schools unless COVID is under control. Look, how is he saying I wasn't calling for, I'm sure he didn't have the lock. Yeah. I, I'm, I don't mean physically he was closed, you know, locking the buildings in all the schools. But when you're the nation's top voice on public policy and COVID and you say nothing when the teachers union edits the school mm -hmm. closure document that then becomes public and he says, I support the CDC's document, I think the public is hungry for a little humility, especially since we have lifelong learning loss, substance abuse and all kinds mm -hmm. of other problems that are, are going to go on for a generation. It should have never happened. No. I wish they would just be honest about that, but they can't be. We know that that's a real hurdle for them. I want to talk about the censorship, too. So I want to actually play a clip for, for you. I got banned on Facebook for 24 hours. I have 4.8 million followers on Facebook. I got banned for 24 hours for posting this clip from my show from a pilot from the Freedom Flyers organization who was talking about pilots having vaccine injuries in the cockpit, and he was documenting some of those that he had heard. Let's play it, and I want to get your take on it. 
is the FDA came out on December 10th with the emergency use authorization for these for these uh, vaccines. And by December 12th, the FAA doing zero long-term safety studies on their own. So there's many stories out there, pilots like Cody Flint, who, who passed out while he was flying, doesn't remember landing his aircraft. Um, Captain Greg Pearson, who went into atrial fibrillation within hours of his first Pfizer shot. Very few doctors or medical professionals will actually come out and say this is vaccine related. So Facebook banned me for 24 hours for that post, and they still heavily censor it. They went after OutKick as well for posting it. He's saying we have pilots that are suffering from side effects, and he's not even allowed to recount those instances. From your perspective, is what he's saying there, is there merit to it? Well, Facebook is, to be consistent, going to have to ban the New England Journal of Medicine because in Israel they did a study of 283 people who got myocarditis from the vaccine. Two ended up in the ICU and one died, a 22-year-old. So we have this modern-day Salem witch trial that if you say that someone suffered from the vaccine, that could result in somebody being hesitant and therefore you need to be canceled That's the level of censorship right now. It's not healthy. It's not good for science. Um, I think we've got to stick to the data. But Germany finally did the study on vaccine complications. Mm -hmm. We could not get the NIH or CDC to invest $1 to do a serious study of vaccine complications. Germany found one in 5,000 doses results in a severe adverse event. Not being in bed for half a day, but a severe adverse event. Florida just did a study in the absence of the CDC doing what they should be doing. And they said, okay, you're saying someone had a heart attack and died from a heart attack right after the vaccine. CDC says, oh, we don't know if that's random. That's just lightning striking. It's random. You can't make a correlation. Yeah, you can't make a correlation, but a young, healthy person dying right after the vaccine dose is causal until proven. Otherwise, prove to me that there's no pattern here. They won't look at patterns. You need to study patterns. So Florida said, we're going to look at how frequently people randomly die from heart attacks after the vaccine and see over a lot of time, is it clustered in the first few weeks after the vaccine? And it was 83% increased likelihood of dying from the vaccine in that first month than at any other time in the future. We have a mechanism. We know myocarditis. We know the heart gets swollen after the vaccine. There's a general inflammatory response. Now there's concern about that inflammatory response in pregnancy. We got some new data recently. I'm not scaring people out there. Look, if they're high risk during the Wuhan strain, when that virus is circulating, I was urging everyone to get vaccinated. Right. We've got a different virus now. We got population immunity. People have had Omicron. The vast majority of the population has had Omicron. In young, healthy people, The case is not compelling. We've got to study these vaccine-related deaths. They're real. They're out there. Well, and Big Tech also censored the Florida Surgeon General for posting what you just said about their study. They put it back a couple of days later. But, yes, we have that. So I don't know how they can possibly go after a Florida Department of Health study and say, though this could be misleading. It's like this was a Florida Department of Health study. You just don't like what they found. And that's the biggest thing. Going right in along with that, mm-hmm. every time I open up Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, anytime I, I read news from places that are somewhat honest, we hear about people that are collapsing on stage, that are rappers collapsing on stage. They're 35 years old, or they're even younger than that. We've got young athletes collapsing. And for me, it's like, wow, you know, those stories probably happened before. But boy, there seems to be something very weird happening with otherwise young, healthy people 
who are dying, collapsing, having real complications. Are you concerned about what we're going to see in the next several years and when they will finally maybe be honest about it, if they ever will? Most vaccine complications you see in the first few weeks and they don't crop up later. I think the public deserves a good study to just describe the incidence of complications like Germany did, one in 5,000. If you want to get the vaccine and you understand those risks and you don't have the antibodies in your system and you're you know, someone who's susceptible, that's your choice, you and your doctor. But we don't have any numbers, so we're but flying why? blind. So I want to know this. Is Germany not as beholden to big pharma as we are in the United States? Yeah, Does I that have so. something to do with it? Maybe. Because it's very weird. I mean, people don't want to have any discussion about it in the United States, yet Germany is doing it. You wouldn't think that they would be spearheading. you think the United States would. Pharma has a hammer lock on the U.S. health agencies. I mean, a complete tight grip. And they do very little without pharma basically guiding and steering. So the way it used to work is pharma makes a medication, submits an application to the FDA, and the FDA says, hmm, not enough data, we need more data, or yes or no, up or down vote. Now the new way it works with the COVID vaccines is the pharma CEO makes an announcement, calls the White House chief medical advisor and the White House COVID coordinator, Ashish Jha, they then call the FDA and say, we're going to do this. We're going to buy 170 million doses of the new Omicron vaccine. Make sure this thing gets approved. Two top FDA officials quit over this very issue. Probably the two most respected vaccine experts in the country, in my opinion. Both quit early in the Biden administration over political interference, over boosters without data. If this had happened in a prior administration, it had been the media Armageddon. And people think it's political. Look. There's a small group of us doctors that meet. We're all like-minded. We want to see data. There's Bernie Sanders supporter doctors in that group, liberals, conservatives. We don't know. We don't care. Okay? No one cares about politics. We want to be true to the science. And all of us are like-minded in saying what's happening right now is the most political FDA and CDC in U.S. history. The CDC has been so disastrous some would argue it might have been better if we didn't have a CDC during the COVID pandemic telling us, oh, you can't do a COVID test at your hospital. We have to run it in our department. You have to mail it to us. So we couldn't test. Then no mask, mask, cloth mask is what they most people are wearing, the kind that didn't work. And then all this bad guidance, closing the schools. What are they doing? Yeah. If we didn't have a CDC, people would look to their local doctors and get their advice. And people would have more trust in the CDC because they wouldn't be so discredited in the minds of the American people as they are now. All of this is such informative, educational content. It's going to be heavily censored. I already know this. But the people <laughs> are hungry for it because I'll tell you this. The last time you were on, people couldn't get enough of it. People are like, finally, someone's honest with us. It's really sad that the American public right now, I don't care your political affiliation, That's right. has to cling on to people like you and be like, please tell us the truth. We don't have the Harvard education you have. We don't have the credentials you have. Thank you for being honest with us. And people are honestly, they're emotional about it because they don't feel like they can trust our health officials, our government, and it's a really sad place to be. Mm -hmm. In closing, what would you tell those people that feel like they're out of hope, they can't really trust anybody? Well, look, I, I think that science ultimately wins and the process will ultimately judge what we've done. And we're already seeing the public sentiment realized that they've been lied to about the school closures. They were lied to about the boosters in young people. They were lied to about so many things. 
Thousands of people were not able to see their dying loved one in the hospital because of the group think of the medical establishment. All the doctors and hospitals just fell in line. Okay, we're not gonna allow that. For years, you couldn't visit your dying loved one. Who am I to say you can't visit your dying mother or father? There are things worse than dying, trust me. All of this group think has had horrible consequences and people are now seeing through it. I have doctors that are always contacting me saying, thank you for saying this. I can't even like what you post on Twitter because my department will be upset or I could be at risk or my communications office has already threatened me, but keep going and keep speaking up. The younger generation of doctors, they don't care what people think of them. They're gonna speak the truth and we're already seeing this groundswell. So it is an exciting time for people who believe in science for truth's sake. And we'll make mistakes, but we'll always do it with humility. If we continue down this road of arrogance and paternalism and don't ask questions and do what we say and you can't see the data, then these public health establishments are gonna just lose all credibility and people are gonna turn to those who do have some humility. And I think that that's a great title for your next book, Science for the Truth's Sake. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna give nice. that one to you because you said it and I was Thank like, you. boom, that's a wonderful book title <laughs> and you brought me a book today. Thank you so much for being honest with us. You don't know how much it means to me, to, to my viewers. They sincerely appreciate you, and we're always happy to have you in Nashville. So Thanks, thank you Tom. so much. Thanks, Tommy. All righty. That was it for our COVID special. Thank you so much for watching. I know it's going to be censored, shadow banned, and the whole nine yards, but that's okay. We're going to tell the truth anyway. God bless and take care.